You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Historically, there has been a great issue and a great debate. And these debates occurred around Lag Bomer, especially when people would come from all over to visit whether Kahanim were allowed to go to the kever of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. Now, there was one svara that the Kohanim can go based on the fact that Sadikim are not metameba ohel. Even though Tumas Ohel is unique and a very strong Tuma that we say that that's the Tuma of, 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 of Yisrael, the non-Jews are not metameba ohel according to the opinion of Rashbi. Tumas Ohel, in other words, means that the body, let's say it's buried in the ground, and there is not a clear tefach of space between the body and the ground, then those remains create tuma when you step over. And when you as a human being step over that grave, then what occurs is, is that you become the ohel and you become tome. And that's tumas mace. You become an avatuma. And a Kohen would be Tame for seven days. Now, even though we say that Kohanim today are anyway Tame, the Kohanim are Tame, and in fact, we all consider ourselves Tame Tuma space. One of the reasons why we, uh, we've talked about not going into the Harabais, but for a, a Kohen, even if he's Tame once, becoming Tame again is still a lob from the Torah and your Chai of Makos or making yourself Tame. So, one of the arguments allowing a Kohen to go to the Kvarim would be that Tzaddik is not Metame, that Tzaddik doesn't have Tumas Ohel. However, we're going to see that that is a, a, a difficult argument to sustain. And we're going to see why. Because the Gemara talks about in Bava Basra that Rav Banoa was being Metzai in the Kvarim, the Gemara says. Rav Bano was, was, he knew somehow he had some sort of understanding of where Tzadikim were, and he was actually by Marasa Machpela, indicating where the Kvarim were. And Rashi says there that the reason he was doing that was in order that Kohanim should not come there. So the argument has been made, as great as Rav Shimon Bar Yochai was, even Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, or Marisha as well, or in the Mara Samachpela, the Gemara assumes we needed some sort of, of protection for Kehani. So for sure, any great tzaddik, no matter how great they were, you would need to have protection, meaning they would still. Now, what does that mean? How could a tzaddik be Tome? Okay, that's a philosophical issue. Maybe we can talk about that in a different time. But the source to say that I'm going to the kever of a tzaddik and a tzaddik is not Tomei seems to be a weak argument. There's another argument about what would allow Kohanim to go to the kever of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. Um, and I'm going to show you um, some of that material right now. 
we have it open right here in our system viewer. Rav Menachem in the Sefer Brocha Mishushelas, Rav Menachem Mendel Akoyen Faksher said that there was a place that Kehanim could go into the area of Miron, right near the grave. Why? Because they had a Kabbalah from Gedele Eretz Yisrael that they could go to the gravesite itself. Because Rabbi Avram Galanti, who was one of the well-known shluchim in, who left to Chutzlaretz, but was known as a great tzaddik in Eretz Yisrael, made sure that there would be structures on top of these kvarim. And they left a tefach of space, meaning, let me explain it, that the tumma stops at this, in other words, they constructed like a, a tomb for them. Although they were not buried in a tomb, Rav Avram Galanti built something above where their remains were, leaving a tefach of space, and then that got covered with earth. And therefore, even if you're standing on their grave, you're not really standing on their grave, you're standing on a, a, a closed ohel. The Mekubal Rav Shmuel Heller, of, who was the Av Besen of Tzfas, said that is the case. And there were many Spinker Chassidim from, and, and from the, 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 the uh, Brezdavitcher Chassidim that they went as Kaihanim to, um, to uh, Meron, right near the Kever. The famous tzaddik, Rabdovid of Lelev, the Rabdovid Lelever, um, also said that, um, that you can go in. There was a famous Rabbi Cheskel Shapsai, that who was a Koyan, and he would sit and learn constantly at that time, right on top of the Tzion of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. So, there was a, 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 a quite a group of Sikainim, Chsidim, Mukubalim that had a heter, not because Rosh Hashem is not Metama Ba'ohel, but because the way they, they made sure to allow Kohanim to come there. Um, I should mention that one of the greatest of the Chsidim Sherebis was the Divrei Chaim, of Chaim Halberstam. Those of you who are familiar with the, the great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren of Rav Chaim Halberstam, those are the, that is the Bav of a Rebbe. And we all know Bav of is very, very important here in the United States. Even in Elizabeth, we have, well, in Union County, we actually have, Bav of now has two outposts here. But they trace themselves back to the great Divrei Chaim. Um, and he told his son, he said, don't be a shaita. He said, don't let Kayanim go to Kvarim. 
Um, and that seems to have been a counterweight. Um, and he says it's an, he says that it's an Isser Daraisa. It's a Suffolk Isser Daraisa. And not only Bovev, but Satmer is also very famous. The, uh, the Satmerov wrote a whole, a whole part of it in his, in his, very, in his famous Sefer Vayel Moshe, as you can see up here. Uh, this, uh, he wrote a whole uh, long description of why it's also for Kaihanim to go to the Kvarim, including specifically the Kever of Shimon Bar Yochai. Um, in fact, when he came to Eretz Yisroh, Asat Merov made sure to tell Kaihanim, don't be like the Lil of Rechzidim, do not go into the Mara. You can stay outside, but do not go in. Um, the Satmarov, when he went to Miron um, and did not, uh, and was telling Kohanim what to do, one of the most famous um, uh, Rabbonim in Eretz Yisrael at the time, Rav, uh, Rav Margolius, was arguing with him. And he said, that we know from the Arizal, that the Arizal told one of his students who was a Kohen that he should go to the Tziun, not of Rashbi, but Rabbi Yudar Bar Eloi. Now I should mention here that the Arizal uh, was important as a Kabbalist, but one of the great things that the Arizal did for the tourist industry was indicate through Ruach HaKodesh where all the uh, tzaddikim were buried. Not just Rashim and Yochai, that there seems to have been some knowledge, but in, where Rav Yehuda was buried. That's Rav Yehuda, the famous, uh, both a Talmud of Rabbi Akiva. And the Arizal knew where he was buried, and he told his student, who was a Kayan, to go to his grave to be mispalil. So it sounds like Margolis told the Satmarov, the Arizal said you could go. Obviously, the Arizal understood that a Kohen can go. So the Satmarov said, who says the Arizal meant to actually go on the grave? Close to the grave, but not to necessarily go into a graveyard and go on top of the grave. But the simple shot seems to be that the Arizal held, that Sadiqim, you are allowed to go there. Um, however, when it comes to Miron, you can see here a whole list of Rabbanim that Asr. The Chabadzker, Satmarov, Rav Moshe, Shalmazam and Arabach. Chacham was also asked about this. There was a, um, you can see here, there was a Rav Rafal Kohen who was learning in uh, Tzfas, in the Kolel. And um, there was a Kolel called Kolo Meron. And it was right next to the Kever Rashbi. Rav David Dayan was the Rosh Kolel. Um, and uh, this fellow, Rafal Kohen, wanted to know if he could become part of this kolel. And the Chacham Avadi said that, no, 
He said that the Rishkolo doesn't want to take Kohanim. Um, however, they are trying to get permission from the authorities to build rooms that are close to the Tziyun so Kohanim can come there. Um, so Chochem as you can see, also did not feel that there's any heter to go there. Um, Rav Sternbach, he should be gesund, said even though Rav Shmuel Keller said that they built a way for Kohanim, the exact way that they built this um, temporary or this type of um, type of uh, covering over the Kvarim is not clear. We don't know how he did it. We don't know how Galanti did it. We can't see it now. And therefore, despite this tradition that many Chassidim are following, we have to say, Kaihanim, stay out. Rabbi Kivalevich? Yes. Uh, hi. Uh, can they uh, dig and see what Rab Galanti did? That's a good question. Why does maybe there should be some sort of excavation to see right. if there ever was anything built there? Right. They can actually do remote sensing without disturbing it now. We have, they have a technology. It's a good question. I, 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 I just for myself, I had big problems in Tzfat. I went to Tzfat. And I asked me, I said, I'm a coin, where, where can I go? They said, you can't go here, can't go there. Look at the galleries and go home. <laughs> so I couldn't go anywhere in spot. All right. Well, you should have asked, if you had asked, the level of Rechsida might have been different. If you could go to it. But Sfas might be different than... than, than right, right. Than it, was it was just spot. yeah. Now, now I, I have to tell you, I am saying this without knowing exactly what occurred. But I do know, and it should be a schus, the great tzaddik that told us, Aaron Rebbe, um, the who was who was one of the great tzaddikim of Eretz Yisrael, he was a koyin, Rabbi Avram Yitzchak Hakohen. I know that it was right by that Rebbe's, and again, I might be wrong, but it was right when that Rebbe they were singing the Animamin by the Toldus Aaron, the, the Toldus Aaron Rebbe of today. The original Toldus Aaron Rebbe, Rabbi Avram Yitzchak Hakohen, was a descendant of Heller, of Heller. And he, not just, again, the Lelifer was not a Koyin. The Toldus, original Toldus Aaron Rebbe himself went to the gravesite over and got as close as possible. Then he heard about the uh, the Tivrechayim, the, 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 and it was Osir. Um, and he heard about Tivrechayim and said it was Um And when people asked him, and he heard the Satmarov said it was Osir. And the Satmarov, in a way, was considered like the Rebbe of all these great Hungarian Chassidim. So he said, the Ovid Kemar Ovid, the Ovid Kemar Ovid. Look, I'm not going to say it's Osir, but I'm not, not going to say it's Mutter. I'm not going to say it's Osir either. The Tolder the, uh, the Tsar and Rebbe, and I think he was the one that was there, has been at the gravesite of Rashbi before. And the, what they did was they built, as you can see here, Bimivna Eitz Sagur, Sha'al Mechonit. 
So what they did was they created an ohel on top of the ohel. In other words, the tumma goes straight up, but not if you're in your own house, not if you're in like a separate house. So what they did was they, they with some sort of car or machine on a car, they were able to create an ohel for him that was stuck out of a truck. And it was big enough to have 40 saw. So it was an ohel in itself. And he sat there. And that's how he was able to daven over the kever of of Rosh Hashim Bar Yochai. Um, I have to tell you that um, Rav Yoshev was asked about this. And um, Rav Yoshev said that as far as he knows, there is a, even if you want to say that there is a place like, like for Rashim Bar Yochai and that Rav Galanti built this. But he says the whole area was an area where graves, that, that had graves. And therefore, Kayhanim shouldn't go. They asked him about this. He says, I've never went. Rebel Yosh says, I never went. I don't know. But you have to be suspicious if you're a Kayan, that if you're going in that area, even if you want to say they built something special over the grave where Rashbi is, but before you get there, there's going to be a problem. And therefore, um, um, now, others have said that's a Suffolk Tuma and a Suffolk Tuma Bershus Arabim, and we know because so many people are there, so it's a Suffolk Tuma Bershus Arabim, so it's Feikoi Tohar. But Revel Yoshev seems to have felt that from the way he understood it, there's probably graves there everywhere. Now, so this is one part of what I want to discuss with you today about the um, the issue of Kohanim. Now, um, let's talk about another issue. The issue is about going to the gravesite in general. What is the we find in Shulchan Aruch and Halacha? There is an idea of going to graves. Those of you that are part of my shear and halacha know about this. We've talked about going to the grave, to going to a, a, a cemetery on a fast day, going to a cemetery on Erev Rosh Hashanah. But we've also have seen from the Mishnah Brura and from uh, the, that the Mishnah Brura brings the Maril that says when you go there, you don't go to Davin to the person who's buried there. You go for another purpose. You go to dive into the Rabboni Shalom in the schus of the person who's there that it gives you an emotional feeling. So I, I want to put out there the idea that this is not so simple. I know for sure there are people who, who feel they must go to this place especially the kever of Rashbi, and beg Rashbi for, for help to somehow connect and talk to the mess. Is this Osir? Is this called Doresh Alameitim? The Mishnah Burra seems to think so and says that 
You're not supposed to turn towards the Mason. You're not supposed to talk to them. Those of you that are in my class know that I've talked to you about this, about when I go to the, my parents' graves. And I ask them to, to intercede and to, to dive in along with me and to maybe perhaps connect to God. And we've talked about this. And I think this is really an important issue. And it might be a machlokas, the Rambam and the Ramban. Let me show you the Rambam first. This is the Rambam in Hilchas Evel. The Rambam here says about how we are supposed to bury someone. Hofrin bafar marot. We make hollows at the side of the caves. This is how they used to bury people in the sides of caves before they put them in the ground. Do we bury the corpse with its face upward? They place earth and stones above it. And you could also use an aron in the in this mountain where they where they or they big these caves. Umitzayinin is called beisakvaros, and the Rambam says, as you can see, that we make marks. Ubonin nefesh alakever, and we put a nefesh. What does that mean? A tombstone. Vatzadikim ein bonin lachem nefesh. Al kivrei A tzaddik? We don't put any tombstone on their grave. Shedivreyem heim zichrona. Because the words of the tzaddik themselves are the way we remember them. We don't need to go to that place to remember them. Velo yifne odam levaker hakvoros. Look at this Rambam. Let's see the English that Rabbi Tauber writes here. A person will not need to visit in the cemeteries. So look at the way Rabbi Tauber translates this. And this is from the Chabad website. He seems to say there's no need to visit. I don't know if that's the way I would translate it. If I look at this, it says, you could read this in other words, Rav Tauber reads it as an extension of a tzaddik really doesn't need a tombstone because everybody's saying over the words of the tzaddik. And he's remembered because they're saying his words over. Do we need, you know, I, I said this over many times already. They, when, when it was the 500th anniversary, the, I'm sorry, the, the uh, 800th and um, 50th, or the 750th anniversary of the Rambam's uh, yard site, of the Rambam's death, 1205. So it was in 1955. So they wanted to put out a book that would differ Torah on the Rambam. So they came to the expert in Rambam in the United States, perhaps, Rav Yoshebeer Salavechik. And Rav Yoshebeer said, hmm, Rambam is dead? I know the Rambam's dead. <laughs> right? The yard side? Yeah, to me, the Rambam's alive. That's the idea. 
You don't need a, a special tombstone. But then the Rambam says, well, yifna odem So is he saying you won't need to? Or is the Rambam making a statement in general, his feeling towards cemeteries? A person shouldn't take time out to go visit cemeteries. Cemetery, you, you don't go stomp to visit cemeteries. Now, is he saying you shouldn't go daven there? Is he saying, right? Again, it sounds like, right? Clearly, at Sadik, he, he's saying you don't need to go. And maybe saying you shouldn't go, Rabbi Kevilevich. Yes, um, I yifna means turn toward. It doesn't even mean visit. I mean, I, but here's the word for visiting, Bob Levakir. So I think what he means is don't make time. Well, yifna meaning turn and and, and like pone means to turn and and, and say, okay, I'm not going to prepare my dafiomi today. I'm not going to give my normal shear today. I'm not going to this because I'm going to Maron. I'm going to the cemetery. Well, Yifna Adam. In other words, Yifna is, you're right, to turn away from whatever else he's doing. I, I, I see that Levakir is there, but Yifna, I mean, it just said, it was just talking about tombstones. It doesn't, the antecedent doesn't fit the translation. It, on a person's tombstone, they, I mean, I don't know, maybe this has changed over the years, but I thought what they do is they take some, some statement that the person is known for, and they put that on the tombstone. So, so if a person is really well known for what they've done, uh, a tzaddik, uh, uh, especially someone who has published a great deal, you don't need to look at their tombstone to understand what the person stood for. That's so, an interesting reading, Bob. You're saying you don't have to go to see the tombstone. Right. It I sounds, mean, it sounds again, you got to admit, this is a interesting little phrase. One yeah. could interpret this to mean there's no need to go to a tzaddik's grave. Correct? Yeah. Right? You don't need to go visit. Right? You don't need to go there. Or is, he could be saying in general, like he's against going to cemeteries, you know, to to make them a place of davening. All the none of the sources that, you know, um, that ex- quote the Rambam as being as being pro going right. And if anything, this seems to indicate that you don't have to go to Wetzadik's grave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, uh, the idea, as you say, Bob, is to um, you know, a gravesite is supposed to be significant for people to remember the greatness of that person, and perhaps to mm-hmm. to be mock yourself. Maybe there's an idea, but but you know, um, but clearly for your for a tzaddik, the Raman seems to say there's no need to visit them, and maybe no one. Okay, this this is in contradistinction to the Ramban. The Ramban writes in Parshas Vayechi. That uh, that Yaakov wanted everyone to know exactly who the Marasamachbeva was. Get the lotion of the of the Rambam in a second. Um, of the Ramban in a second. Here is the Ramban in Parshas Chayesora. Vaod kirotza lahodienu mokom kuras haavos. The Torah wants us to know by telling us Yaakov's words 
when he's dying, that we should know where the Avos are buried. And the whole description exactly where they went, the Goranatad, was to give us the markers so we should be able to find Hebron, to find the place where they're buried. Because we have to honor those places. Now, what does that mean? Now, the, the, this is a tshuva from the famous uh, Hasidish Arov, the Minchas Elozer, Rabbi Chaim Elozer Shapiro of Munkach. So he says, what does the Ramban mean? The Ramban means to honor them by going there. And he says the proof, of course, is kolev. The, for, the proof is kolev. Everyone knows the, the chazal, the kolev went to, the kolev went to, um, to the, uh, uh, to the to to the to the kvarim of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov to the Mar Samachpela, and the Chazal say he davened there. He, he was speaking to the Mesim. So you see that there is something positive about speaking to Mesim. That there is something positive about it, and that Kolev did it. And obviously the Ramban is part of that Masora. Now, what about the Rambam? So. One of the Mepharshim on the Rambam, who was uh, Rabdovid Ibn Zimra, the Radvaz. So the Radvaz says about this Rambam. I'm going to show you what the Radvaz says to explain what the Rambam means. The Radvaz says, what is, and this is Bob's point. What does it mean, lifnot? So he says lifnot doesn't mean to take away time and to waste time going there. Lifnot means to push away dirt, to actually be pona, meaning to push away the, the earth that's there. The kever. That's what the Rambam means, is to actually, in other words, the Rambam talks about how you, put the mace away. And he talked about putting the tombstone. Finished. Now he's saying, once the mace is there, ain't lifnos. What does that mean, ain't lifnos? Doesn't mean you don't go there to Davin. You don't go there. What it means, you, you, you don't push dirt away, p- push earth away, open the grave, and levakir, what does it mean, levakir? To actually see the remains. That you don't do. The Rambam means to actually, according to the Radvaz, is to actually open up the grave and look at the remains there. That's, that's what the non-Jews do. But of course, the Radvaz says to go to the cemeteries. There's nothing wrong with that. That's So the Radvaz and again, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, what, what the Oilam here feels, if that is a, uh, I, and this Rambam is, what did this last phrase mean? Mm-hmm. Was it referring to the whole idea of burial or was it specifically connected to the last idea about Sadiqim? Mm-hmm. 
And again, it's a very inventive interpretation, but it answers Bob's question about Yifne, right? Yifne is actually not just spending time, but actually doing dirty work, not dirty work, but actually getting dirty by, by digging this thing up. Yeah. And, the, and the word levaker is actually checking what's there. Right. As, as, as opposed to, hey, I'm visiting the, the, the mace. Okay. Now, again, I think a lot of this really depends on how you see the connection between our world and the world of those that have passed on. And I think that if you learn Chazal Kipshutoi, you see that the Mesim have a connection to us. That the Ovos and Imos, we, we daven, we talk about Moshe Rabbeinu going to the Marisa Machpela and getting the Ovos to daven for us. And then they're Bitsar when we're Bitsar. And we find throughout Shas stories about Shmuel and others going to their parents and, 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 and going and, and, and meeting people who have passed beyond and, and, and connecting to them. That is the simple understanding of Chazal. In fact, in the same tshuva that I quoted before from the Minchas HaLazar, he, he, I think he proves definitively that as far as Chazal are concerned, going, connecting to the spirit world is ex- it's not something that that was something only the primitive cultures had that aren't connected to Judaism. Throughout the, if you go through Shas and Midrashim, you'll see that they talk about davening to the Mesim, and not that the Mesim can answer you, but that the Mesim are able to act as Melitza Yosher for God Himself. In fact. The Zohar asks the, this question. You know, I said one of the things I thought would be a tikkun for us is not just to say, to sing Bar Yochai, but actually to read what the Zohar itself says on this point. So here is the Lushan of the Zohar. The Zohar in Parshas Achremos just the number of, of parshios earlier. When we need rachamim, let me read it again. And we need life. We tell the tzaddikim about it. And we go cry on their graves. In Kedain, by us crying, it aren nafsha the tzadikaya. The tzadikim are inspired. Somehow we can reach them. And those tzadikim go, and they go and move and somehow connect to the ones who are in Hebron, the ones who are sleeping, the ones, in other words, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Now, the Zohar continues that Rabbi Yesa, they needed rain. It was droughts in Eretz Yisrael. That could be uh, cataclysmic. So Rabbi Yesa wanted to know, am I azlinen legabeo, Why are people going to the cemeteries? Why are people going to the mason? He said, Dorish ala the Zohar takes the bull by the horns. 
and, 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 and puts it into the mouth of one of the Tanoim, that he said, hey, we're, you're not supposed to go to Mesim, you're not supposed to go search out the dead. We're not ancestry worship, are we? It's also what everyone's doing. On Marley, they told him, Ad Khan, Lo Chamita, God for the Sapper, the Eden. You haven't really seen yet the wings of the Tsipor of Eden. I'm not sure what that meant. But he said, they told Rabbi Yosef, What's Usr? Doresh El Amesim. What does Mesim mean? Daika, dead. The Inun Chayve Alma. We're talking about going to evil people. We're talking about people who aren't tzaddikim. We're talking about people who are, in a sense, dead while they're alive. That those are the people who serve Avodah Zarah. And you know what the Avodah Avodah Zarah do? When these people are Doresh Alameisin, they go with Kharshin. They have all a bunch of magic things that they do. A whole bunch of magical techniques. Eye of Newt, who knows, tooth of of Pomeranian, who knows what it is that they use, <laughs> right? Well, there's a reason why I'm saying that. And this way, they are able to get the, of the, the powers of Tuma to somehow arise. But But when Klal Yisrael goes to their dead, they go with Tshuva, Kamea Kodesh Baruch and they come with broken hearts. So you see that the Zohar asks this question itself. The Zohar says that's not called Doresh Mason. Not like the Mishnah Bura says that you daven to Hashem b'schus the Mason. Doresh Mason is only when you do a bunch of Avodah Zorah type of shtikarai. Rav, the, the, the Minchas Elozer says it even better. He says when you think that the tzaddik has power without God, and then you turn the tzaddik into like a, like a miniature of Odizara itself, that's what's awesome. That's what the, 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 the Mario and others were saying are awesome. But if you want the tzaddik to, 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 to create schusim for God, you can speak to the tzaddik. You can actually go to that place and 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 and, and speak to him. And therefore, um, as he says here, what did the Maril mean when he says you shouldn't be you shouldn't speak to the mace? What about Kolev? He says that means don't think that the mace can save you with some power that the mace has. And that includes Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. To think that Shimon Bar Yochai has some inherent power in the Eilu Ma'emes that can do something without God, that's Osir. That's definitely an Ovan Plili. Now, some of you might wonder. We know that many of the, uh, the, the, the Achronim felt that the Tfilos on, that we say is part of Svichos, Machnisei Rachamim, that's part of the uh, of, 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 of many people's slichot, where it seems like we're davening to the malachim, that the malachim should do something for us. And we know that in m- many machzorim, uh, they took that section out and they said, you shouldn't do a tefillah to the malachim. 
So first of all, who knows if that's correct? Maybe it, you could daven to the Malach, and the Malach can go and be our helper for God. But then Rav, the, the, the Minchas HaLazar wants to say, based on the Chsam Sofer, that even if you shouldn't daven to a Malach, a Malach is different than a Tzaddik. When you davening to a Malach, you're definitely davening to some intermediary. You, I, I don't want to hit God, so I'm just going to daven to a Malach instead. That is sort of like an Avodah Zorah, to daven to Gavriel, to daven to Raphael. But we know that just like it says by Rivka, Hashem. What does that mean? She went to a tzaddik. She went to shame. She went to the base medrash of shame for shame to daven. That's being dorish Hashem. Tzaddikim are different. And the Chsam Sofer says that if they're alive, who knows what they can do when they're in the Oloma Emes? As he says here, if it wouldn't be that the tzaddikim are still davening for us, that they are somehow, in some way, shape, or form, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Rashbi, Chocham down to Chocham to any of the other tzaddikim, lo hayinu The world could not last if they wouldn't be davening for us. And that is from the Zohar as well. The Zohar says that, that we need the tzaddikim to keep on davening for us. That's what, as the Medrash says, we are like the Geffen. Just like if you take a Geffen, if you take a, a live vine, the only way it grows well is if you actually have sticks. In other words, basically what you do is in order to have a, to have a vine uh, grow well, it needs to be supported by, in a sense, dead things. Not dead, but a piece of a wood that has been cut from the ground that allows the vine to grow straight. That's why Claudiusro is like a geffen in that way. What allows us to be straight are the mason. What allows us to, according to the Medrash, the mason are keeping us on the straight and narrow. We're alive, yes, but it's, it's, it's the fact that we're wound around them and they are keeping us firm in order to grow. And therefore, as he says, the Minchus um, Elozer, according to the Zohar, there's nothing wrong with speaking to the Mesim, telling them to daven for us. There's no Isser. Um, and therefore, this Hanhoga is completely respectable and and and, and praiseworthy now that is the um, that is the uh, what seems to be the the consensus now if you would ask me where does in the Ramban and the Rambam where where does each one lie on this fault line I haven't done enough research but it seems to me that the Rambam would not lie with this approach. The Rambam's whole understanding of the next world, where the mace is free from the body and is just being misanig with God, 
based on what it, philosoph what it philosophized about and how it became close. I don't see any room for the Mesim taking a part in davening for Klal Yisrael and any of that. I don't remember any place in the Rambam's writings where he talks about the Ovos davening for us and that we are going to go to or anything like this at all. Now, how does the Rambam deal with the Zohar? Of course, he doesn't have to deal with it. He didn't have it. How does Rambam deal with Kolev being Mishtatech on the Kever? It meant Kolev got energy from it. Kolev, he, he, he davened to God through it. Um, it was a place where he felt that the, the actions of, this great, of the, these great people meant something. It was an emotional high to be able to daven well. But it, there's nothing, you can get that high someplace else. And therefore, I would say that it, from the Rambam's point of view, the, what happens, like we saw in Maron, we consider that very strange. And he would consider that something that is unnecessary. And if you want to remember Rashbi, learn his Torah. <laughs> but the, the idea that somehow the mace is able to be poyo, uh, a tefillah or a Yeshua or anything like that, I, again, this is Rambam versus Ramban, I would say the Rambam would, would deny that there's any effect and would probably tell people that it's a waste of time and it's wrong. Now, what about the Ramban? We saw the Ramban says you have to know where the tzaddikim are and mechabed those makomos. I would say even according to the Ramban, we have to understand what kovod is. Obviously, if there's a chashash, a mashahu, that there's an iser of a kohen coming to a place there and getting close, the, the covet is to be nizar in all the dinim. To know. So I'm not chas here to be ma'ir or any sort of kitrug. But I think, again, if we learn these halachos of, of visiting, of speaking, and we see what the, the G'dayli Eilam have said in the past, perhaps we can understand these uvdas better. And, 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 and what we've learned here if you're dealing with their nishamas, that if the, you're not really, you're not trying to connect to their goof, you're trying to connect to the nishama of the tzaddik. Um, and somehow connecting to the nishama of the tzaddik is, 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 is different. But again, my question is, is can't you connect to the nishama of the tzaddik outside of the place of the Mokka Makura, right? I, I'm not arguing with, but I'll tell you, I went uh, to, I, I had reservations. I went to the Lubavitcher Rebbe's OL. I, I was not happy how things, as, as a coin, I don't think I want to go again. Well, I, I, I want to quote here the great post-sake, Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger. He says that there are people who spoke, he says, we know people connected to the Mesim but they connected to the ruach of the mace. They connected to the neshama of the mace. Are we able to connect to the neshama of the mace? Do we have the capability to do that? Even if you want to say that somehow going to the cemetery is the best place for that to happen. But, but is there shechina in the place where the neshama, some kind of shechina they say that They say it is a mokum that's special and unique and has a kedusha. But uh -huh. do you have the ability to connect to their 
to that to that spiritual aspect. And right. again, I, I, my feeling is that that when you talk about, and again, you talk about children, you talk about people who are just starting in their lives, perhaps they need to be ready uh, to be able to have that level to be able to go and and and, and connect. And but I think again, it might be a schus for them and for us. Like I say, if we if we really give ourselves a total understanding of this subject. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.